I'm ready. Let's do it. Welcome, everyone, to a special Wednesday night edition of the uh, Signals from Mars live stream. And uh, we welcome back to the show the person that's been on the show the most over the years, Mr. Uh, Eric Kluber. Uh, hey, what's up, Victor? What's up, buddy? Doing great, man. Yeah, that's that's awesome. When when you reached out that you wanted to uh, talk about the new Void Vader, I said, of course. You know, you've always been... Great to the show, regardless, uh, you know, what you've had going on. And uh, it's always fun to have you back. So, yeah, it's great to be here, man. And it's like every every year or two, stop by and say hi. <laughs> yeah, always absolutely. Going on. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, so you contacted me because you guys are dropping a new album next month. Um, you sent me two singles, uh, yeah. which are... By far, and this seems to be the the common uh, thing every time you send me something. It's heavier than the last thing you guys have done. So um, it, it's definitely got a, a a lot of chugging riffs to uh, both songs. Um, and uh, I, I I was thrilled to receive them. I'm always happy to have you send your uh, your songs my way. Um, tell us a little bit about uh, the new album. Uh, when it drops and uh, what the name is. All right, man, let me fix my hair. <laughs> okay, so we've got a new record. I play in Void Vader. We are based in Los Angeles, California. Our new album is called Great Fear Rising and it's coming out April 23rd. Okay. So just just over a month here, just under a month, right? Just under yeah. a month will be coming out on Ripple Music. And uh, that is a great new heavy metal label, stoner rock label uh, from the Bay Area. Check them out mm -hmm. if you're not familiar with them. And they're one of the few labels out supporting new contemporary music. Cool. Yeah, and they just recently signed up uh, Blasco, if I'm not mistaken, to do A&R. Yeah, Blasco is a part of their team now. And uh, I haven't personally met him through the Ripple family, but uh, maybe... Maybe one day we will hear. Um, I think this summer we're going to be going out on a tour. We just talked to our, uh, our booking agent about looking into doing some shows uh, through the Southwest and a potential Ripple Music Showcase. So that's oh, wow. all in the plans, but um, it looks like it might happen. Very cool. Yeah, and obviously people know him for his work with Ozzy, but obviously he's got his own management company and he's done a lot of stuff behind the scenes to help promote you know, newer bands and, and new music, which is extremely important with keeping, you know, this style of music alive. Well, it is having people behind the scenes that are interested in new music is, uh, is incredibly important. And it always has. And I think the fact that there's kind of a, a desert of, of opportunity. And I say that like, it's, it's very, there's few and far between as far as opportunities go and having some people interested in pushing new music, discovering new music is uh, it's a blessing to have someone on, on the team. So same thing with Todd from ripple. 
and Todd Severn, the owner of Ripple Music and everyone that works for him, being interested in new music and pushing it is very rare now. Right. And I mean, it's one of the reasons why I like doing the new releases post every Friday. You know, I, I try to uh, bring attention to, you know, new bands that are pull, putting out music, um, even old bands that are doing new things. Um, it's important to keep all this, you know, like I said, all this alive. And one of the most annoying things that I hear all the time is there's no good new music. No, the yeah. problem is that a lot of people don't want to search it out. There's always great new music to be found. Um, it's just not there like it was back in the day with the magazines and with maybe. Well, that's you know, the push that you're talking about. Yeah. And people don't have the time to go to the library, if you will, and and research on their own. I mean, it has there has to be an element of fun to it. If you ride a roller coaster, you don't want to have to build a roller coaster yourself. Right. You want to go to an amusement park. They got some cool roller coasters. You know, you pay 50 bucks and you go around and around a couple of times. Right. So having some people that are, are interested in, in pushing it and, and you yourself that are you're also interested. And in, it's fun. Let's, let's not forget that. It's fun to discover and tell people about something that you think is really cool that they don't know about. Right. And so I, I appreciate what you do, man. Yeah, and I'm I'm more than happy to uh, to help spread the word of of Void Vader by far. Um, I started seeing videos a few months back with uh, with Lucas soloing and doing different things, and obviously he's just a monster on the guitar. And yeah, great player, huh? Yeah, he's he's an awesome player. Get, on your toes, get you inspired for sure. Yeah, <laughs> check out his channel on Instagram or Facebook. Yeah. He's, he's always ripping on the guitar, man. Yeah. How has he helped you become a better player? Oh, just being around a player like Lucas, um, his energy, his playing as well. Uh, it's almost like getting a, a guitar lesson every day. I probably owe that guy thousands just by that alone. <laughs> and that, that's a part, you know, I teach guitar as well. And a lot of it is being in the presence of someone who, who can really do it. It's a lot of Jedi mm -hmm. skills. And it's a lot more than just putting your fingers in the right spot. Right. You know, it does get into a, a spiritual extension of right. expression mm -hmm. and and to see someone be very calm and relaxed and enjoy it um, can help ease any sort of anxiety or frustration that you might ex experience mm -hmm. that can derail your creativity and your train of thought. So that's where the ninja skills come in. <laughs> um, so, yeah, being being in a band with Lucas is everyone in the band is fantastic. We specifically um, asked about Lucas. Yeah, it's, it's great for guitar playing, man. It's, it's very inspiring. It's helped me out tremendously. Right. And obviously over the years, I mean, we've talked about all of the other bands that you've been in. What's yeah. the difference with being in this group with the other three gentlemen that are in this band with you, as opposed to some of the other bands that you've been in, is there one thing that you can pinpoint and say void Vader is the best because. Yeah, sure. One of the biggest things is um, the chemistry has been right, but I'd like to delve in deeper than that. Cause that's a real generic sort of answer. What does chemistry mean? And mm -hmm. that um, uh, finally, once we got Sam in the band, that's what really locked it in. Okay. Now, right now we don't have a drummer because Herman had to leave the country. You know, his visa expired. Right. Him and his wife Janelle, and we've been um, continuing as 
primarily a three-piece. So I'm going to concentrate on the three of us right now. Mm-hmm. So um, getting along, um, and I was always in bands that had a lot of drama and issues, and I had accepted mm-hmm. that as the way that things just are, always right. being dysfunctional, and that's not true. Mm-hmm. And that's helped us get through, well, just not have any issues to really cause issues. Right. Uh, so we seem to, to respect each other's uh, abilities, but not just musical abilities, but what people bring to the table outside mm-hmm. the band, you know, divvying up responsibilities. There's no problem with um, yeah, animosity, thinking someone's being lazy or not contributing mm-hmm. or not um, not pulling their weight. Right. Which is how it should be, but but is not always the case. And those things, you know, a small issue can erupt into a larger issue. Everyone seems to have a cool head. And, well, but we all seem, we have a lot in common, you know, the guys in the band want to go out and do this. So that like going on a tour, um, I I told everybody like the only way you can go out and get noticed is to start touring and DIY level. And it's very small potatoes. And if you look at it a certain way, it might not make any sense, but you got to get out there, get your feet wet, get the rhythm. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause it's always like, an, it's you're improvising on the road, you know, you're just embracing the experience. The whole experience is what it's about, not just the show in itself and to appreciate that and enjoy that is really important. And, and at first, you know, it started small and got bigger and maybe it wouldn't have turned out well. Maybe, um, you know, people like this isn't for me, you know, I don't enjoy doing this, but everyone uh, enjoys doing these, these tours that we, uh, we increased like the length of the tours, the distance we traveled, mm-hmm. um, the time off that you have to balance your life. And I mean, knock on wood, everything was successful. <laughs> As far as uh, we enjoyed it, we made fans. Um, There was nothing terrible as far as uh, um, it it being a financial disaster that really crippled people in their own lives because they had to make up for it and they couldn't hold their domestic life together. So the fact that the guys really love the road Mm -hmm. has been very, that's how we've proved, proven ourselves. A lot of the bands out in here L, in L.A. are still looking for a magic carpet ride, like a genie to come down from space and right. whisk them away in a UFO and, and get wined and dined and uh, next, you know, open for these legendary metal gods. And that's not reality. Mm-hmm. Right. And so that helped distinguish us. And the fact that you can go out and do that and prove yourselves, that means a lot. Mm-hmm. So the shows themselves, they're just, they're like, um, their individual triumphs and their individual tests, if you will. Okay. That's really important, man, because a lot of people won't do that. I mean, especially, especially, uh, I want to say, especially drummers. Um, that's like an LA thing. And, and, and so many drummers, like, yeah, I'll, uh, a hundred dollars a rehearsal and then, uh, X oh, wow. amount of the show. And if you want to take me on the road, here's my, all my demands and stuff like that. Wow. Okay. Uh, you know, I, so with that type of attitude, you're going to end up in a cover band or a wedding band, or maybe you'll look out and get some sort of hired gun gig. Mm-hmm. And, and if that's what you're looking for, that's fantastic. But to find guys that really enjoy original music, 
um, creating something, promoting it, take pride in watching it grow from obscurity into mm-hmm. something that starts to ca- starts to catch on, and and continue to expand that every day. I think that's very rare because right. it's it's not overnight. And mm-hmm. and people who move out here in LA, I think I love Los Angeles. It's my favorite place. In the, I'm going to say in the world, but you know, I, most of my travels have been North American exclusive. I love right. this place, but there is an attitude of this instant gratification. That's that if you read the storybooks, that's fantastic, like Disney Metal Edge uh, fantasy, but that's <laughs> not reality. Mm-hmm. And and I don't say that in a negative way. And that's like em- embracing the actual love of. Uh, not just music because that's too generic, you know, the whole experience to find guys that um, are into that is rare and to have people that are cool um, personally and don't seem to have strange hangups or uh, severe ego issues, uh, severe control issues, you know, mm-hmm. uh, like we can, we write very well together. There's no, um, the, no resistance in trying out new ideas, right? Um, which which I think adds to the overall picture. But also at the same time, there's no resistance to playing your role, mm-hmm. right? I don't need my stamp on every single riff and every single arrangement, right? So going with the flow that is this individual band um, is has been a dream, really. Um, you know, similar senses of humor, like all these components. I mean, I don't think it's that unique as far as, but like just, just being around good people who like to have fun and are, are just awesome. Yeah. That's how- <laughs> yeah. It's, it's interesting because you, I mean, you, you look at a lot of the hired gun mentality, um, just because you're the best player doesn't mean you're always the best fit for a band. And like you said, you know, just being able to go out on the road and not have to deal with drama and not have to deal with things is probably more important than if someone can play, you know, uh, 200 beats per, per minute, you know, double bass, you know, sure. it definitely is. And let's, let's be honest. We're, we're not playing. Well, I mean, our, our music this isn't this isn't dream theater. This isn't some super um, uh, improv like jazz fusion rock band that only mm-hmm. the top players of Berkeley. I'm not degrading the music at all. Um, you do, but that being said, everyone in the band's a good player, <laughs> so right. that helps as well. So let's not let's not um, uh, let's acknowledge that. Right. Uh, so, but you're absolutely right. It's not. It was funny as you see a lot of the hired gun bands, but they end up playing like really uh, entry level music on a professional level. You ever notice that? Like this guy is the greatest drummer in the world, but he's playing really basic stuff or any instrument that happens all the time. So uh, add good good hard work ethic. I mean, we're not Boy Scouts. We're not like a total bunch of dork nerds, man. We have fun. You know, we go out and, and yeah, we party. We have fun. Uh, we work hard, play hard. I mean, it's the old American spirit, mm-hmm. you know, and, and uh, people uh, like it, it doesn't take too much extra effort. There's just not some strange uh, things that we have unnatural things to work around. It's very natural. Right. 
Yeah. Yeah, it, 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 what you guys are doing really i mean if people have followed you like you said with lucas and his channel and what what you um post online it, it isn't anything out of the realm of what we've seen bands doing for for decades i mean to an extent um you guys are probably you know the the Obviously, the the sound of the band is a combination of what influenced you guys with a modern like sound to it. Like sonically, it sounds modern, but probably what you guys are trying to portray is a lot closer to what you know people saw back in the seventies, back in these you know roadhouses, and back in like the old like the um, the circuit of all the the biker bars and stuff like that. Just bands that wanted to go out and just just rock and have fun. And again, it doesn't have to be 50 million notes at the end of the day, as long as you're entertained, that's what's important. Well, it does. Yeah. I'd like to go into that. Um, it is organic and natural. Once again, those are uh, really generic terms going on the road does help shape the band uh-huh. and see what works and what doesn't work. And you take in uh, playing with other bands and, and not studying them in a scholastic way, but it all, it all seeps into your DNA. So just your life experiences do help you create new music and, um, and, and want to push you further. I was happy that the new record, we went uh, a little, we went more metal this time, which previously we had uh, purposely tried not to do that. Right. And there was a little bit of a, of a governor there. Like, no, let's not overcomplicate this. This is getting too progressive in this area. There's too, perhaps too many riffs. Let's, let's keep it simple and, and really to the point. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, we were not afraid to try some more complex arrangements. Um, so, and then at the end of the day, it, it's, you're writing music. You're just writing what's the coolest thing you can possibly write. And um, and we start out with very basic demos and they all contribute and add to them and we tweak and polish them over time. And then mm-hmm. and so like it was half of us, like introducing ideas to each other, learning them, playing them together, someone else coming out with other additional pieces to make it better mm-hmm. and having once again that openness to, for, to listen to other people and try out their ideas is incredibly important and important and it worked well. Mm -hmm. So we did work very hard on this record. I think, I think much harder than any of our other music and we, it's more complex. So I don't want to um, try and portray it as like some just simple joke music that we just shit out. That's not the case at all. It worked really, really hard. And I think it shows. Mm -hmm. So uh, what about it else about it? Um, we happen to all love rock and metal music. Mm-hmm. And we're a three-generation band. I'm the oldest, Lucas in the middle, and Sam being the youngest. And mm-hmm. everyone does have different, um, like a group, like went to high school at different times and has different ingredients that but all blend together. And I think that helps make it not, not so stock, if you will. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and it's really important not for things just to be stock. So we're not some rehash band that sounds like anything. Like, like we just took the formula back from 1986. So you can just throw in a year, 1999. I don't care what year you have. That's mm-hmm. not it. It does have, it, it does stand out. It is unique. It sounds different than the other bands, which right. is, which is a fantastic thing. Sometimes it's a, 
Um, it's a double-edged sword because you don't necessarily fit in with a particular established genre that could be from death metal, owner metal. I mean, those are the two biggest, uh, uh, thrash metal would be another one. Those would be the three biggest scenes that you run into or traditional metal. Uh, there's not too much power metal that we run into, but once again, those are very established scenes that have rules and, and most of those bands are, are very similar. And right. so, yeah. We kind of we don't fit in neatly with any of those, but we can play with any of those. We play mm-hmm. with all those sorts of bands all the time. And um, so uh, I'm getting a little bit lost, but that's uh, <laughs> well, that's that uh, kind of describing yeah. our sound a little bit and how it's it's and how we we approach things and 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 how we do no one wants to be just a cookie cutter band i mean i don't i don't even see the point in doing that right right there is thought there is a there is thought behind it you know i don't Mm -hmm. want to say that you just shit out a riff and then you just throw it down on i want to say tape but you just record it digitally or what have you and and that's the end of it and like oh that's great no no there is there is more work to it so it is that is a combination of of life is a combination of going with the flow not Mm -hmm. overthinking but thinking it's and that's the perfect recipe and the perfect temperature and formula yeah. Yeah. You make a good point because there are so many people that want to, oh, well, I'm a power metal band. So I have to write this way. My structure has to be this way. And I remember the when I did get to interview Lucas, he talked about, hey, you know, I was influenced equally by Metallica and Nirvana. So my playing has, you know, a little of both, you know, I don't shun one or the other. I just try to incorporate them both into what I do. And I know in your case over the years, you've definitely brought different things to the table in the the different bands that you've been a part of. So what you said makes complete sense. I mean, if you have all these different things that you can pull from and sort of these different ingredients, you know, why just make a recipe, you know, just one way, if you can alter it and make it your own and make it a little different and kind of, kind of be able to bridge the gap between a lot of other bands out there and, and kind of, you know, fit the need that maybe someone who isn't, 100% 100% a death metal fan or a thrash fan. Um, there are a lot of people that like a lot of different things. So it makes sense to, you know, not just focus on one thing. Well, it, it is. And um, the other thing is to be aware of kind of the cliches of all the established genres and avoid those. Right. Like, you might be following it. You might be doing something that is a cliche like, Oh, wait, wait, this is nah. We need to break this up. We need to change this a little bit and twist mm-hmm. it around because this is getting too, too bland right here. So right. being aware of, of the parameters around you, but, and, and then uh, fusing them together. The other really important thing I want to bring up is that we're not scared to have melody and have hooks and we're not obsessed with heaviness, you right. know, this album did come out heavier than our um, than Stranded, which I think was actually kind of more of a I want to say like an alternative metal album. And I think right. there was kind of a push for exploring that sound. Mm-hmm. To me, that's our uh, in utero. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which was different than Nevermind, which had a much more cleaned, a very polished yeah. sound from its production and whatnot, right? Mm-hmm. Because I believe Andy Wallace had something to do with it, who also did 
like Slayer and like a lot of like yeah, yeah, that uh, makes sense. metal bands and things like that. Yeah. And then in utero comes out and it's kind of dirtier, it's kind of garagier, and and people are like, what is this? Like, did you guys just record this on a four track? <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and like this. So that being said, um, uh, shit. Oh, but not being the trend nowadays i think everyone is a little bit trying to project this this overly aggro uh death metal thrash metal which is great and cool um lucas can sing and 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 we love like big choruses and we like singing along to the words Mm -hmm. and so we're absolutely not afraid to embrace going right. there it should be a more traditional commercial rock approach and and, mm-hmm. and putting that in the music as well i think there's if anything i think there's too much underground in the mainstream rock if that makes any sense mm-hmm. i love i love it all but when your mainstream when your genre is represented by what is actually the one percent the extreme metal sound and that's being portrayed as the 99 percent i, th- mm-hmm. I don't that's healthy or accurate. And um, I, I think a lot of more normal people, I mean, let's be honest. Uh, I think we forget that a lot to a lot of people like Motley Crue is, is heavy. It's right. heavy. Like, <laughs> and maybe even people think shower the devil. Like, like, well, that's kind of too edgy for me, man. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't even know. I feel guilty listening to that. And we just like, Oh, you know, we got to laugh about that. Like that's right. cheesy rock shit, man. But it's not, man. So, like, we're so used to extreme pulverizing death thrash that I think the the whole entire scene has lost a little bit of a grip on reality, and mm-hmm. that's fine. Like I said, if you to represent the the extreme of the extreme, when Morbid Angel came out, I mean, I believe that's what they were pushing. Like, they were the extreme of the extreme, right? That's what that is. That's like the top. That's the one percenters, man. So. Um, we, I def, we take pride in embracing melody and choruses and, and not trying to, to, we don't strive for heavy. I mean, the heavy comes out. Right. And, and if anything, maybe, yeah, maybe we do strive for more melody. Cause if anything, I think that's, what's missing. And it's tough because it, it seems to go one way or the other. It's either pure, pure heavy or pure cheese, right? <laughs> the ingredients and the, 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 the formula has been completely out of whack it's one or the other so many fantastic songs um are just they have they have a good amount of energy and riffs and then they have just like people are singing along and right. if you if you if you cast away kind of the perceptions of the scenes they're involved in and people just listen to them musically like you'll get all like like everyone loves it you know what i mean and everyone, right. this this is awesome Right. So, um, so that's another thing I think is really important to state that we embrace and is fucking hooks. Right. And it's funny because I was reading a review lately of, of someone that I'd recently interviewed and they were like, oh, well, they're obviously a power metal band because they've got all these anthemic uh, choruses. I'm like, when did that only become a, a power metal thing? You know, there for, for the longest time, melody was involved in all types of music. It's just, it's exactly what you said. When a lot of like extreme metal came around, a lot of that stuff was shunned and it was pushed to the, um, you know, to the back because for a lot of people, 
they thought it wasn't cool. Um, but yeah, that's the perception. That's kind of the scene politics getting involved. Yeah. Like you're not going to go there because you don't want to be considered cheesy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to look over your shoulder before giving your opinion, just in case you don't look cool. I mean, I, I don't get that. Yes, you know, that's how metal ever has been. Yeah, the old anthem in heavy metal and rock and roll is to be be yourself, be proud of yourself. And yeah, absolutely. And the other thing that um, when you were talking biker bars, and that reminded me that has crafted our sound, and that we're also really proud of, is that we don't write what we're not capable of playing. Right. When we liked we what you hear on the album, we'll be able to perform live. Mm -hmm. and, and that's part of, of the touring process as well. It's like you want to be able to pull the stuff off live and that and that goes into our writing attitude. Mm -hmm. So I'm not gonna write a seven guitar piece, right? Because <laughs> we have right. two guitars. Well right. we might we might do a two guitar piece that has, you know, and then in the studio, you might have like rhythm guitar uh, power chords underneath and the live, you don't need that. But once again, that's the, um, that's the realistic approach, you know, that we right. do that. So it's, it's really important to us. And that is what a part of our craft as well is, is mm -hmm. writing what we would actually do in a rehearsal spot or on a stage. Right. That makes sense. I mean, you've got so many bands that go in there and work all their studio magic and then you see them live and it's like, wait, where's, you know, where, sure. part that really drew me into this song. It's completely sure. missing. Sounds naked, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like if you're going to rely on keyboards, you better have a keyboard player on stage. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> And that's like having a musician, but the same thing can be done with parts. I mean, you mm -hmm. better be able to pull off that riff better sound as cool live or better. Right. You always better live, right? Yeah, absolutely. Makes, makes complete sense. Um, we have one of my diehards here, Jeremy, who's in the UK, who asks, uh, will you be able to get this new album in the UK? I just listened to all your songs and they're really good. Hey, thanks, Jeremy. Definitely. So once again, our label is Ripple Music. Mm -hmm. And just go through Ripple Music and they'll have an international delivery option. And I understand that shipping internationally is very expensive. And um, I believe that Ripple does have international uh, distribution. So okay. they better find a way to get it over there. <laughs> that's that's out of my hands what we can do is if you order it through us it's going to cost you know an extra 15 to 20 dollars to get it overseas and that's just how it goes right so you can you can do it old school way through us um and and uh great question though and actually i'll have to ask todd that myself because i assume that they have some sort of international distribution yeah okay cool yeah or if not maybe some store that'll that they're going to be um uh, pointing everyone towards to uh, to purchase it over here in, in Europe and in the UK. Well, once again, you can buy it worldwide, whether or not you have to pay international shipping. Yeah. Well, if it's being mailed from LA or San Francisco, I have a feeling that answer is yes. And it's going to, it's not going to be a price that you like, Yeah, but that's reality, right? Um, that makes it cool and rare. I hope, I hope that he is able to get some stuff out there. So, uh, you know, people in Europe or France or et cetera, are, are not, mm -hmm. don't have to pay more than the album or the CD to get it. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the big 
you know, down or not. 15 bucks isn't too bad, but when they're asking like 50 bucks to ship something over here and the album costs 25, it's like, well, it shouldn't be that bad. We do, we do international orders and, and I feel like off the top of my head, like $15 for a CD and might be 20 to get an album. Sorry. Okay. So you're looking at like 40 bucks and then there's, Hey, yeah, things are a little expensive right now. Hopefully we get some real European distribution. (laughs) Cool. Um, another thing that I wanted to bring up, you also do lessons. Um, do you still do online lessons? Yeah. Yeah. I do those. Yeah. Sure. do. If people are looking to work with you and, and learn from you, what, uh, they reach out. Yeah. Facebook. Okay. (laughs) On Facebook. Although that being said, if we're not friends, it might get sent to the spam folder, wouldn't it? Um, I guess it's my personal email. You want? It, do you have show notes? You can put. You can put it in there. Yeah, I can definitely do that. I'm afraid. Okay. okay. I am a little bit. Uh, yeah, email. Um, we'll do an email because yeah, that's a good point because there's there's problems with uh, things getting sent to the spam folder. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah that happens to me as well. <laughs> you know there shouldn't be any problem with going to the the void vader facebook page am i being too cryptic here like email me facebook me or definitely the the, the void vader email there shouldn't be a problem okay, okay? Cool. yeah yeah no problem I'll, I'll I'm, on, I'm on all the regular platforms except uh actually no i'm not i'm not on twitter i'm just on facebook email and uh instagram those are three okay. ways to get a hold of me Okay. Um, and as far as uh, a few weeks ago, we had uh, Monty Pittman on who also Yo. used to teach uh, at uh, Guitar Center. Um, he did it his own way. He started before there was Guitar Center Studio. Right? Okay. Yeah. Oh. OG style. I think he was working the floor and he'd meet people and they'd be like, oh, I have a, my son. Uh, my daughter needs guitar lessons. He's like, well, you know, I teach lessons. <laughs> but yeah, he's um guitar center alumni and uh yeah. I haven't seen him for a while. But uh we used to do shows together when I was in, on a in a band that was on the same label as him. Oh, okay, cool. Um yeah, he's I've had him on a few times. He's always been really cool to talk to. I di- I didn't realize that. I mean, he's um he's brought up, I mean, years ago he talked about how he met um his his boss from his day job, Madonna, um, yeah. and he kind of exactly what you said is kind of like what how he explained the whole deal yeah. initially was that she yeah, was my wife buying, guitar lessons. Yeah, he was. They they were buying a guitar and said, "Hey, I teach lessons," and he yeah. got in. So, um, great story. You know, yeah. I mean that that's a very unique. Tw- that's kind of a Disney story in itself, right? Yeah. Dreams do happen. <laughs> yeah. And and for someone like that, I mean, not for nothing. I brought this up when I interviewed him. He's been working with her for twenty years. I mean, you look at nice, yeah. someone, you know, like an Ozzy or even back in the day a Bowie or someone like that. These people were revolving musicians left and right. And I mean, that has to say something about you know his how professional he is and what a good guy he is to maintain that job. You know, that sure. position for for all that long. Yeah, good point. Well, I mean, you should tell everybody who his his client and turned out, turning out to be his official boss is. That's no secret, right? 
Yeah, no, no, no. We we talked quite a bit about Madonna the other day. So. Madonna. I mean, that's yeah. That's a, it's one of the things I love about Los Angeles, and and that's is an example of a real life Disney dream that came true, right? And and those type of things do happen. I mean, I've had the good fortune of being in three signed bands now, mm-hmm. right? right? I moved out here for one, and then I found another. <laughs> I've had a lot in between, right? And now I'm in Void Vader. Yeah, and 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 running into guys like Sam and Lucas, mm-hmm. top-notch, world-class musicians. But it's it, once again, it's beyond just the technical ability. It's about people that live it, mm-hmm. and it's different than what you read about. Like there is partying, and 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 uh, heck, I mean that can be get really. That's a whole nother. T- topic but it's it's not a lot of the cliches it's about prioritizing music to where you're willing where you're constantly pursuing it and overcoming obstacles and and not giving up that's a little bit of a cliche Mm -hmm. but truly not giving up and, and surpassing whatever obstacle you're looking at and moving forward but to do that it really is a requirement above and beyond it's almost it's ridiculous i always say it's like i could have had five phds by now for the time <laughs> money and energy i put into just staying on this path right. and finding other people to do it as well mm-hmm. is very rare and that's one of the beautiful things about um this this geographical location right yeah it's mm-hmm. de- definitely um as you said i mean things can happen like the the situation with Monty, but you know, it's, um, it's few oh, and far between. He's always grinding. Like he's always been grinding yeah, and he continues yeah. to grind too. That's what yeah. I want to get at. Like, like finding, yeah, I guess his is, that's like a very storybook sort of thing, but that's not his only gig. I mean, <laughs> like I said, he continues to grind and do his own things and we all yeah. do. And, and that's, what's unique about this place. So Everyone has to grind. Right. The grind never ends. That's the that's the fallacy is that you get in this lavish palace of dreams where everything is you're floating on clouds and sleeping in vapor air. But now, like the grind never stops. That's yeah. the bullshit. So no matter where you're at, you're just always you're constantly grinding. Mm-hmm. And to find people willing to do that because it, it's because you have to set your life up to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that doesn't mean like you have to just like throw everything else away. No, because we we have to live domestic lives. Mm-hmm. You have to balance it, though. And it's it's not it's it would be, I feel like, much easy just to to not have to. Right. right. Yeah, the balance, the grind gets can get, become overwhelming. And so to find other people that that's that's just part of the gig, man. That's the mm-hmm. part that tells you about and it's not like oh you got to practice hard you got to work hard just practicing and then you might have to drive 12 hours at night and some of the things it's like no just like existing day to day might be kind of a ridiculous pain in the ass because you're sort of balancing two lives mm-hmm. yeah I, I hear you and yeah you keep doing that year after year and day after day and it never ends <laughs> well i mean I think one of maybe not the last interview that we we did 
Um, you mentioned how most people out there are until they find, you know, one band to be a part of, they're usually in multiple bands until they find where they fit in the best. Um, uh, Monty again mentioned a few weeks back that he's producing a bunch of things behind the scenes. He's working on, you know, other people's albums and so doing solos and consulting on songs. And, yeah. uh, and on top of that, he's still doing lessons. So yeah. that's exactly what I'm talking about. Right. Yeah. You would think that he would have it just made and never have to worry about any of that. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that's not the case. I don't think it ever ends, you know, and right. you have to continue to, to work, to be relevant. Mm-hmm. Uh, artistically and you have to continue to just just grind and um keep keep attending uh, the field yeah absolutely um i always ask when you come on because um you've always had reunions over the years with uh, other bands that you've been in um overloaded mainly yeah. um uh, I know that that kind of, uh, you know, you guys put that baby to bed a few years back. Um, yes and no. Um, that's the band. I reached out to them during um, this shutdown because flights were so cheap. I was like, what are you guys doing? Let's go do a show. <laughs> because I know a club owner um, in Detroit. And I was like, dude, John will get us a gig at the Token Lounge. Right. Let's go do a show, man. Mm-hmm. But uh, it, it, it wasn't in the cards, man. I mean, those guys... Um, They've been out of the loop for a while, and then you know they're just kind of dude. We haven't, I haven't picked up. I'm kind of rusty. I can't just pick up and do it. You know, I'm like, I get it. All right, it's just an idea because ch- flights are really cheap right now, and right. I just had some downtime. Um, you know, th- that could um, probably won't happen. <laughs> probably won't ever happen. I've done that a f- one a few times, you know. Yeah, but um, but what else were you thinking? No, um, out of everyone, I, I'm assuming that Chris is probably the only one that's still remotely involved in anything. Not really, man. He's just super busy. He's just is super he? Busy. Okay. So, so he's no longer singing anymore. Like he wasn't. He did. He did a solo album that was awesome. It took him. Oh, okay. like, he was working on it forever. But you may remember that he was singing for Tokyo Blade with Andy right. Bolton. Mm-hmm. And Loretto was part of that as well. Oh, okay. I didn't know. Yeah. And Michael Massey, I think, stepped in for a little bit. Frank. So anyway, but but Chris continued to to um, do some tours with like whatever version. We had a, a lot of lineups at Tokyo Blade, but Andy Bolton was always a part of it. Right. And he did do Chris did his own solo album that mm-hmm. he worked on with Andy and it's called Gillen and the Villains. And it's great. Oh, wow. We used it a couple years ago, but I don't think there was any sort of push. So, like, right. look for Gillen and the Villains, and it's called Legend Has It. But since then, I'm not aware of too much, man. He's just okay. like, yeah. Gotcha. Okay. So, the most pressing thing is the new Void Vader album. On the- I know. We kind of got off a tangent. I'm doing the worst job at... At promoting the record, I'm supposed to be plugging this thing. Okay, once again, oh. new theater album, Great Fear Rising. And uh, there's some photos of it. We've got two songs out. First song is I Can't Take It. We released a video for that uh, back in mid-December, early December. And okay. we just released our second single for the record, I Want More. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're a month away from it being physically released uh, uh, worldwide. and um, 
And uh, shit, what else? Pre-order pre-orders are out now. Get it because like I think the the beautiful blood red splatter collector's vinyl edition may already be sold out. I saw some photos of it. Check it out on our Facebook page, Instagram. It looks beautiful out on Ripple Music. We are going to be uh, doing a CD release show here in L, not LA, actually it's Orange County, Santa Ana, May 1st. I say fly out for it. There you go. Fly out and see it. May 1st is at stages, used to be called Malone's uh, in Santa Ana on May 1st with my boys, my buddies Tanner and Madrost. The mirror image always messes me up looking at the screen with Madras. They're on the bill as well. Once again, May 1st, we're doing a, a CD release party there. Kind of just uh, turned out that way. We, uh, yeah, we did a couple shows in Arizona because it's, it's, I mean, I don't even know how this California show happened, but this whole place is locked down in Arizona. Right. It's a lot more free. And so we act, we got Adrian from Ex Mortis to play drums for us. Oh, okay. And and we did two weekends out in the Phoenix, Tucson area. Um, yeah, Phoenix, Tucson area. And that was uh, in uh, late November. And then we did it again in late January. And what was cool about those shows, people flew out because the things are shut down and they were really craving live music and flights are really cheap now. So they flew out to to check us out. And I thought that was awesome. And, and I think that's a great idea. Yeah. So do it. Yeah. Just fly out from wherever you're at. I mean, I, sw- I think a round trip to Detroit right now is like a hundred dollars. It's crazy. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, um, and then we just talked to our booking agent about some tour ideas and we want to get out there, man. And we're looking at summer. So, okay. I mean, at this point, it's just like a rough vague idea. But we're gonna get out this summer, and it's 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 probably gonna be like Southwest, uh, meaning Arizona, Texas, uh, uh, Colorado, Oklahoma. I'd like to get out to Tampa if possible, but okay. staying with and then maybe ending in like Reno, Nevada, or something like that. Staying within that, it was most likely the, like kind of the targeted regions. Gotcha. All right, but I feel like I, I went off on another tangent. New album's well, coming no, no, out. That's, yeah. that's perfectly fine. Well, who do you have? Um, who do you think is going to be behind the uh, drums for that tour? Is still Joey. Be, uh... Let's talk about that. Yes. Okay. Um, so Herman, our drummer, um, Herman Herman Mora, and his mm-hmm. wife Charlie, they they did have to move to London, and they've been. Um, trying for years to become legal residents of the United States, and and uh, it's it's a very difficult process. Yeah. So they had to move to London. Okay. Is where they both now reside, and so we had met Joey DiBiase on tour with a band called Final Drive. Is during some of like oh. the first tours that Void Vader had started doing. Great mm-hmm. drummer. And actually, Herman had told us, like, guys, you know, you know, like, this guy's good. And and we had started, it was looking more and more that uh, the way things were going to have to go and mm-hmm. that Herman was going to have to leave. And he even reached out to him and said, Joey, man, you should really consider um, either helping out or drumming for Void Vader, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And so, so. Yeah, we reached out to him, and Joey lives in Connecticut. Okay. And, um, 
he does a lot of work, a lot of long distance work. Um, he's even younger than Sam, I believe. He's a pretty young dude, 23 maybe. Okay. Okay, anywho, but my point is like, that's like, he's, that's kind of like how he rolls. Like he roll, he drums with a lot of bands. Mm-hmm. And so we, um, we had a tour coming up and we started working with him long distance where we'd work, work here in LA on the music and we program the drums. I program here and then we'd be sending him and keeping him aware of them. And then we, we give him what we're thinking and then give him a version with just a click track. And then he'd write his parts and go back and forth. Um, the first time I've ever done that process as far as like working with a drummer and it turned out great. Man, he's a pro. Like I, the reason I brought up his age is I don't think that seems weird to him. That's weird to me. Having right. a drummer, living on the other side of the country is very strange. Right, right, right. But, um, so, and so we had a tour booked. It was actually the spring breakneck tour last year. And, um, so we came out, we flew him out, we got to rehearse. We've been working on these songs, right? Mm-hmm. And so, and we're also, we recorded his drums. We recorded his drums two days before we left for tour. So oh, wow. it was like, it was like us, <laughs> We've been working back and forth. And he's just a great, a great drummer, man. I mean, he's, he's another just like absurdly gifted guy. Um, I hope I didn't underplay anybody's skills in this band. I think everyone's skills are like actually perfect level. Like they're professional, mm-hmm. but they're not they're they're not stupid over the top where you have some strange ego or some right. weird attitude. Like everyone is like a fantastic, like realistic, hardworking person. Mm-hmm. Uh, as well as a fantastic musician who has chops, like the perfect blend of chops and soul and creativity. That's another thing because some of these like hired gun guys have zero. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Right. Like yeah, they, yeah. Can, they can copycat whatever they want, but like that's not even something they bother with. You know, it's <laughs> like I just play and this band this week, this band that week. They don't know. That's, you know, the creative processes can be time consuming mm-hmm. and, you know, can take a lot of energy you know so some people don't bother with that so everyone okay i better not lose track but he's another he's another one of us you know he's, yeah. he's he just fits like absolutely perfect you know and we saw that from touring with final drive so not just seeing him play musically but hanging out with him you know it's just a cool yeah. fun guy great sense of humor loves loves fucking music you know and goes those we listen to music 24 7 in the van some bands actually don't like we and we crank fucking music and if you're in a van you probably suffer hearing loss not from the concerts but from the fucking van rides and that's how we roll man and it doesn't stop ever yeah so um so that's how we worked it so joey be working on the songs be going back and forth i mean everything he comes up with is great you know so we have actually good and we worked hard on and lucas can play drums pretty well i can't physically play drums but i've been demoing things and programming drums for a long time. So we gave him something, I'd say something that was 75%. He just took it to a plus. Uh, and then we'd fly him out. So it was for rehearsal for the tour and then to record the records and, and polish up the songs. Now we're playing them live. Mm-hmm. And, and, and yeah, he knocked out his, uh, recorded his drums in two days at a screaming leopard studios. I swear I have a sticker. Yeah, it's there it is. Screaming leopard studios in Huntington beach or long beach or in Orange County. Wait, Long Beach is in Orange County. Anywho, we did it in two days really fast. <laughs> and that's how we did the drums. And, and Joey, uh, side note, trivia note, Joey DiBiase, his father is Joey DiBiase of Fate's Warning and played bass in the legendary band's Fate's Warning. I mean, that's a, now that's like awesome. That's just like cool. And that's, 
unique, but but what a great head start on music, you know. If you're if you're um, if you got music in you, you can't ask for much more than having a dad who is. We get to hang out like we went to Connecticut and we'd stay at their house, you know, and the, what I love about the East Coast is you can stay in Connecticut and do a, just a bunch of freaking shows and just even come, you come back that night. Right. Mm-hmm. You do four shows with one little home satellite base. But this is just cool, man. Um, once again, like comes from a musical family and, and, and that is beyond just the music. It's, it's the attitude. It's mm-hmm. the real life stories. Um, so the dude's just born with like. With, with like legacy DNA genes, you know. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. So he. So, so we really lucked out, and so that's what's me playing drums. God, did that take a long time to answer? <laughs> no, but that's cool. I mean, people at least know. I mean, his pedigree and you know why he's been able to to fit in. I mean, it just seems like yeah. he's someone that's uh, you know grown up knowing what needs to you know what you need to do to to fit in and, and work with the band. So. That's cool. Yeah, it is. Um, it does make things a little bit complicated when we do these shows that are like one-offs, I call them, or even right. just like just weekends. doesn't make a lot of sense to fly someone out from Connecticut, right? Mm-hmm. right. And fortunately, Sam, one of Sam's best friends is Adrian from Ex Mortis, <laughs> who's a fantastic drummer, you know? And, uh, and he basically does us a favor and fills in for drums and makes it, makes it happen. I mean, he enjoys performing, you know, mm-hmm. as well as a fantastic job. So that's, that's how we're balancing things right now. Yeah. Cool. Okay. So, so. Awesome. Uh, wrapping things up here. Um, name of the album again, you said great fear rising drops April 23rd ripple records. Ripple Music. Ripple Music, my bad. Yeah. Um, and you can check out the first single and video already. Um, first, two. The first two. Okay. On on streaming platforms and on YouTube. That's right. Yeah. All your streaming platforms and on YouTube. Check them out. It's a sneak peek of what is to come in one month. Awesome. Uh, I want to thank you for coming on the show. Uh, it is always fun to talk to you and it's the first time that we've kind of done it face to face here telephone with a broken connection <laughs> yeah yeah there you go <laughs> without hey can you hear me um so uh it's awesome to actually be able to to see you for the first yeah. time here and, and chat away so um awesome we will be uh we will do our part to try to promote the album when it comes out. Definitely. I have a, a great group of uh, guys up on Patreon that are diehard followers of what I do. And they're great at, you know, I throw up a lot of different music at them and they're great at promoting stuff themselves. Jeremy in the UK is one of them. So I'm sure that uh, my patrons will be, um, uh, will soon be um you know up to speed with what you guys have going on so i hope so i really appreciate the opportunity victor great to see you again great to talk to you again yeah awesome thanks a lot eric um we'll be in touch later awesome there you go guys that is uh eric kluber from void vader again the guy that's been on the show more than anyone else 
And I want to thank him for, for hopping on once again. Uh, I want to thank everyone who's watching this live or listening to the replay, the podcast format. Um, remember this Friday, we have another show at uh, 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. And the last week, 5 p.m. in the UK and uh, 11 p.m. Um, or not 5 p.m. What am I saying? 10 p.m. in the UK, 11 p.m. in Europe. and. Um, um, we set clocks forward, uh, this weekend. So we'll be back to the same old, same old, we will have author and musician Joel Gostin with us on Friday. So, uh, that is it. Thanks for, uh, checking the show out. And, uh, as usual, we will see you next time right here on the signals from Mars live stream, live stream, excuse me, brought to you by the Mars attacks podcast. Thank you for listening to the Mars Attacks podcast. This concludes our show. 